name is Patrick McGillivray, and I'm an experienced marathoner, ultra runner, sports nutritionist, master life coach, and weight loss coach for runners. I've dedicated my life to helping runners just like you properly fuel your body and your mind so you can get leaner, get stronger, run faster, and run longer than you ever thought possible. This is Running Lean. Hey there, and welcome to episode 79 of Running Lean. My name is Patrick McGilvray, the weight loss coach for runners, and today I've got a fun topic for you. Yes, it's fun. Demystifying desire. So desire is one of those things that a lot of people struggle with. And I think a lot of people struggle with desire because they just don't understand what it really is. So desire can feel very strong. It can feel very powerful. And desire can lead you to do things that may not be in alignment with who you want to be. They may not. Desire can cause you to do things that aren't in alignment with your goals, like eating or drinking. You may think that having an, an intense desire for something like alcohol is normal, and it's just the way it is, and there's nothing you can do about it. The truth is, it doesn't have to be this way. You can absolutely change your desire, even for things like food and alcohol. Desire does not have to be so ominous and so powerful and so mysterious, okay? So in this episode, I want to break it all down. I'm going to go over what desire really is, hopefully remove the mystery from desire, talk about why desire is such a powerful force in your life, and offer some things that you can do to change it. So if you like this podcast, you got to come check out the Facebook group. We have this amazing group of like-minded runners over on Facebook, and we talk about all kinds of topics in there. You know, we do goal setting. We're doing a challenge right now. It's, it's July, and we're doing the Dry July Challenge, and we're just getting started with that. So definitely come and check us out. Just search for Running Lean Community on Facebook. Join the group, and um, if you're interested in doing the, the Dry ch- July challenge with us, it's basically just we're taking a break from alcohol for the month of July and see how how that goes for us and see how it feels to do that. There's a lot of positive benefits from uh, taking a break from alcohol. And if it's something you've thought about doing in the past, but you're just, you feel like it might be too hard, well, we're going to be talking about it in the Facebook group. I'm going to be talking about it here on the podcast. In fact, this episode today kind of has a lot to do with alcohol and our desire for alcohol and how we can diminish that desire if that's something we want for ourselves. Um, so definitely come check us out. It's, it's fun. We have a lot of fun over in the Facebook group. It's just, you know, you get the support, the encouragement, the inspiration from a bunch of other people that are just like you. And then here's a message I received a while back um, that I was, I was going through some uh, folders on my computer and I found this message from Melissa, and I just wanted to share um, share part of this with you guys um, because I thought this was really cool. And she just wrote, "Patrick, your podcasts and posts have helped me so much, so much already. It's so awesome to find a group of like-minded people who understand the passion behind what makes us run." Um, I feel fortunate to have this strong, amazing running family that I'm always adding to with groups like yours. Um, With COVID, I've been mostly running solo and feeling more connected through your online resources 
and social media posts. And this has meant the world to me. Thank you. I can't wait for more emails and podcasts. Thank you, Melissa. That was super sweet. And I don't think I've shared this before on the podcast, but I wanted to make sure that I did. Obviously, um, she sent this when, you know, we were kind of going through some lockdown stuff and, and COVID and social distancing and running groups weren't meeting and things like that. I know a lot of that has changed, but uh, it's really cool that, uh, that she reached out and shared that. Um, and it would mean a, a, a lot to me if you could take a moment and leave a quick review of the podcast. You can do that in Apple Podcasts. Just scroll down where it says, leave a review, tap the stars, and write a few words. Um, it's just a way of saying thank you for, for what I'm providing here on the show. And then if you ever want a little help with any of this stuff, with, you know, sports nutrition, with getting your mindset right around, you know, not drinking or changing your eating habits, maybe losing some weight, um, you can work with me as a one-on-one coach. This is what I do. And I work with runners every day who are trying to improve themselves, who want to become the most badass version of themselves, whatever that looks like for you. Listen, I want you to love yourself exactly as you are right now, whether you're, you know, whether you feel like you're, you have some weight to lose, or you feel like you're, you know, need to get faster as a runner, or you want to become healthier. None of that stuff really matters. Like wherever you are right now is perfect. And you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And you should love yourself exactly as you are right here in this moment. But if you want to improve where you are, that's okay too. Like you can, you can love yourself exactly as you are and still want to lose some weight. It doesn't, there's nothing bad about that. It's not fat shaming. It's not, you know, body negativity. This is all, I want to encourage you to love yourself where you are. And if you want to improve something in your life, then I'm here to help you. Okay. There's no, you know, there's no shame in where you are in this moment we got to love ourselves exactly as we are. And, and sometimes we just need a little help getting to where we want to be. I know that was where I was. I was, you know, finding myself feeling very unhealthy and continuing to gain weight. And I was not happy where I was. I still love myself. You know, I still love myself where I was, but I wanted to improve. You know, I could look at myself in the mirror and go like, come on, dude, you got to change something here, you know? And so I made some decisions and I made some choices that, uh, that led me to becoming healthier and losing the weight and feeling great in the process. And you can do the same thing too. So if you ever want to talk about coaching and just see what coaching looks like, just go to runningleanpodcast.com forward slash apply. You and I will jump on a quick zoom call. We'll have a, a short conversation. We'll see if this is something you're interested in. That's it. No obligation. It can't hurt to have a conversation. Okay. Cool. So demystifying desire. I've been excited about talking about this because desire is one of those things that um, I think we get it in our heads that it's some big, complicated, ominous, mysterious thing. And it can really keep us stuck, whether it's a desire for uh, sugar, you know, or junk food 
or scrolling through social media or alcohol or you know whatever your desire is whatever this strong desire that you have it can seem overwhelming and it can feel so big and overpowering and you just feel like there's nothing you can do about it right and you, and if you want to make a change like let's say you want to stop drinking you just have to like grit your teeth and white knuckle your way through it right and that's not really the case we're going to talk about all this today and one of the reasons I'm bringing this up and especially talking about alcohol is because we're doing that challenge in the Facebook group, the Dry July Challenge. Alcohol is a big crutch for a lot of people. Lots of people use alcohol as a way of feeling better, as a way of soothing themselves, just like we use food. You know, we've talked about sugar in the past and how sugar can feel very addictive. It can be very hard to stop eating sugar, right? So just, I wanted to preface this with just saying like this conversation today is about, we're going to talk a lot about alcohol. I'm just using this as our, our vehicle because we're talking about this in the Facebook group. Okay. So today's focus is going to kind of be on, you know, um, not drinking and alcohol and our desire for alcohol. Um, and, and, and maybe you don't drink, maybe you're somebody who's like, well, I don't drink already. So this isn't really an issue for me. And that's totally fine. Just substitute, you know, your desire for something else, sugar, junk food, shopping, whatever your thing is, you can just substitute it because it's all the same. The work is the same for whatever the desire is that you have. Okay. It's just like, uh, we just need to preface. I just wanted to preface this by just talking about, uh, how I'm going to be talking about alcohol in this episode. Okay, so what is desire exactly? So if you look up the definition of desire, uh, it says desire is a strong feeling of wanting, of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. A strong feeling. In other words, desire is a feeling. Desire is not something that's out there, external to you. Desire is inside you. It's a feeling. It's an emotion. Desire is just a feeling. And this is kind of cool because when you look at it this way, it right away, we've, you know, kind of eliminated a lot of the mystery around this, right? So desire is just a feeling. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that all of your feelings, all of your emotions are always created by your thoughts. So there's this thought, feeling, action cycle you, you have a thought about something, that thought creates an emotional uh, experience inside of you. It creates a feeling inside of you. And those emotions, those feelings that you have drive your actions. Thought, feeling, action. And it always happens in that order. You have a thought that creates an emotion or a feeling, and that feeling will drive your action. This is the way it works all the time. You think you're doing something automatically, like you're just doing it because you know, you see a glass of uh, wine and you just drink it, but there's a thought and a feeling in there before you take that action. Always, always, always. All right. So knowing this really helps a lot. This helped me a lot for sure. Um, and the other thing that's kind of cool uh, is that desire is just something that is learned. It's, it's something that you learn over time. You're not born with a desire to drink alcohol, right? I didn't have a desire to drink alcohol until I started drinking alcohol. So when I was in high school, I was a very shy kid. I was introverted, nerdy, awkward, 
full of fear, couldn't talk to girls, <laughs> very uncomfortable in my own skin. And, um, you know, I just, I, no matter what I did, I could not change this, okay? And uh, I just felt very uncomfortable and very awkward all the time. Until I drank alcohol for the first time. And all of that kind of changed for me, right? All of a sudden, I felt more outgoing, more confident. The fear went away. I was funny. I was the life of the party. I'm talking to girls. Like, I felt comfortable. All that stuff shifted for me because I, I drank alcohol. So right away, I, I started to want more of that. I wanted, I wanted that feeling, right? I wanted to... Um, I wanted to feel outgoing and confident. I didn't want to feel fearful <clears throat> and uncomfortable anymore. I wanted that, that feeling that alcohol gave me. Um, so all of a sudden, I had created a desire. I learned that alcohol could help me. Um, and it was actually, a lot of it, what, what was happening, it was dampening those feelings I had. So I felt uncomfortable, awkward, fearful. And the alcohol actually just squash those feelings down. It, it diminished those feelings. And so that's where the desire started to grow for me. And I learned that, you know, I, alcohol kind of helped with this issue here. So I learned the desire for alcohol, right? It wasn't actually the alcohol that I was desiring. Though. It was the feeling that I got from drinking. That's what I was craving. That's what I wanted. That was the strong feeling that I wanted, okay? My desire was very strong, but it wasn't for the alcohol. It was what alcohol did for me. It made me feel better. It was the life of the party. It was a lot of fun. Felt more, more comfortable. So my desire was really to just feel less fearful, more comfortable. I wanted to feel safer. And alcohol made me feel more comfortable. So the real desire... Uh, boils down to, for a lot of us, the real desire boils down to comfort. It, it boils down to safety. I just want to feel more comfortable. I want to feel safer. I don't want to feel this fear. I don't want to feel this anxiety. I don't want to feel this stress. Whatever I can do to feel more comfortable. And alcohol did that for me. It made me feel more comfortable. At least I thought it did. So another way of saying this is like the desire was not, uh, the desire was to not feel the fear. The desire was to not feel the anxiety and the awkwardness. And alcohol kind of numbed those feelings for me. So I didn't have to feel those things, right? And um, I developed this, uh, I learned this process. I learned that if I drink alcohol, I'm not going to feel that way, right? So it was something that I learned, which is, this is good news, in my opinion, because if desire is something that you learn, it's something that you can unlearn. If desire is something you learn, it's something that you can change. And you've already done this in other places in your life, right? You've already had a strong desire for something and, and then it's gone away. Because desire is just a feeling and feelings come and go, right? So, you know, think back to maybe, you know, when you were in high school and maybe you were dating someone and you had this obsession with this other person. You know, you had this intense desire to be with this person for the rest of your life. Like you couldn't imagine not being with this person. And now think of where you are today. You probably haven't thought about that person until just now when I started saying this, right? 
<laughs> I know as, as I was writing some notes for this episode, I started thinking about those old girlfriends that I had back in high school. And I'm like, whoa, I have not thought about her in many years, like, you know, 40 years almost. Um, and so it's crazy. So we have these people that we think are, uh, you know, we can't live without, and we have this super strong desire for this other person. We can't, you know, we want to be with them forever. And, and then, you know, some years go by and then you just stop thinking about them and, and that desire is gone. So that's something that you've already experienced in your life. You know, desire, uh, comes and goes. It's a feeling feelings come and go. And so why would you want to change your desire? Why would you no longer want to have a strong desire? And the reason you would want to change it or, you know, kind of get rid of that desire is because when you no longer desire things like sugar or junk food or alcohol, there's like so much freedom in that. Because when you're chained to this desire, when you have this over-desire for alcohol or food, you're going to have a very hard time losing weight. You're going to have a hard time you know, improving your running performance. You're going to have a hard time getting healthier. And you know, you're just going to be constantly in this cycle of kind of beating yourself up um, and engaging in in bad behaviors and then beating yourself up again. And so it's just like this vicious cycle, right? But when you no longer have the desire, uh, you, you just don't crave that anymore. And that's where the freedom comes in. And I hear people say, well, I'm going to miss drinking. I just, I can't imagine not drinking and I'm just going to miss it way too much. And here's the thing. You're thinking that now because you have the strong desire right now and you can't imagine not feeling that desire for alcohol. You can't imagine not wanting it. You can't imagine not wanting to drink. But it's just like that old boyfriend or girlfriend that you had. You couldn't imagine living without them. And now you're like, eh, whatever. That was interesting, <laughs> that whole situation. <laughs> but this is what freedom looks like. It looks like you're not, um, you're not emotionally charged with this desire to have you know, the sugar or the alcohol. This is what freedom looks like, okay? So one of the things we can do to change our desire is um, we have to understand like what change looks like, okay? So you learn over time that alcohol can dampen those difficult emotions. It can dull the difficult emotions that you're experiencing, right? And so you keep using alcohol in that way and you keep getting better at it right you get better at what you practice so every time you feel stressed out or you feel like you just need to take the edge off you know you just want to unwind you go for a drink and you keep practicing this and for years and years and maybe decades and you get really good at it it becomes a, a very unconscious automatic habit you do it automatically. But really, it's always a thought that's creating a feeling that's driving an action. It always works that way. It's just you've gotten so good at it, you've created this pattern, this thought pattern, that's really an unconscious habit. It's just super easy and effortless. It seems like it's automatic, but really, it's always a thought feeling action that's happening, right? And so one of the things I'm going to have you do here, we'll talk about this in just a minute, is identifying those pieces and identifying 
you know, what's really going on in that moment and interrupting that pattern. Cause that's the work that we have to do is we have to change the pattern. If you want to change the habit, we got to interrupt the pattern and then change the pattern. Okay. But it's just something you've learned. Desire is something you've just been practicing. It's something that you've learned and it's something that's, that's very habitual, automatic and unconscious for you. And we just want to bring up the awareness. We want to bring it into our consciousness. Right? So in order to change the desire or dampen it or make it go away, you have to interrupt the pattern. You have to notice when desire comes up for you. So you're going to think, you know what? Uh, a drink sounds really good right about now. I, you know, I said I'm not going to drink, but I, I'm, there's a bottle of wine in the fridge and I'm, I'm just, you know, it just sounds really good right now. I just want to take the edge off. I just want to relax. I want to unwind, de-stress. I just want to feel good. So when you notice this is coming up for you, when you notice that you have that desire, that's when you need to stop. You need to interrupt the pattern in that moment while it is happening. Do not take a drink. This is not easy. I get it. It's hard. It's, it's the uncomfortable thing to do. But this is how you're going to break the habit. And this is how you're going to diminish the desire. So you can't skip this part. You have to stop. <laughs> you you got to just like not take the drink, okay? And then you have to identify the emotion or the feeling that you're having in that moment. Right? You have to stop and be present with yourself. Now, when you stop and you don't take the drink, you're going to start to feel something. And your first reaction is going to be, I want to make this feeling go away. And if you're, if you're choosing not to drink, you might choose to do something else, like to distract yourself in some other way. I'm just going to go for a run. I'm going to do some laundry. I'm going to wash the dog. I'm going to do something just to like take my mind off of this. And I don't want you to do that. In fact, it's, it's not going to help. You're not going to be, you're not going to become better at changing the desire. If you do that, all you're going to do is just, re, you know, you're replacing the, the drink with some other way of distracting yourself. And we don't want to do that. You have to create awareness about what is really going on inside you, inside your brain, inside your body. So what I want you to do is when you notice that urge comes and that desire is there to drink that you just have to stop Stop right there. Interrupt the pattern. Do not take the drink. Sit down, close your eyes, and feel whatever's coming up for you. Just feel the emotion. <laughs> this is the part where you're like, uh, you had me up until this point. <laughs> but you just have to do this part. It's so important. What is this thing you're feeling? Is it stress? Is it anger? Like, name it. Is it boredom? Is it frustration? Is it anxiety? Describe the feeling, name it, describe it. What, is, what does this feel like inside your body? We feel our emotions in our body, our thoughts we experience in our brains, in our heads, our emotions, our feelings we experience in our body. And they manifest in ways like a tightness in your shoulders, uh, a stiffness in your neck, a churning in your stomach, a heaviness in your chest, things like that describe the way it feels. And you only have to take a few minutes to do this, like five minutes. Sit down, close your eyes, 
Name that thing you're feeling. Name the emotion. Feel it in your body. Describe the way you're feeling it in your body. Because what an emotion really is is a sensation in your body. That's it. It's a sensation in your body. But we're so afraid to feel these things. We're so afraid to feel an emotion that we're drinking instead and we're eating instead. Because when we drink or we eat, it just stuffs that emotion down and it makes it kind of go away. It doesn't really go away, by the way. It's still there. But you're dampening it. And you're like pushing it down. And I heard it described this way. It's kind of like holding a beach ball underwater. Like if you're in a pool or in the ocean and you're trying to hold that ball underwater and the more you push it down, the more it wants to just shoot up. And it's just like you can't hold it down forever. At some point, it's going to come exploding out through the water. And that's exactly what we're doing with our emotions when we drink over them, when we eat over them. So this process is so important. You have to understand what it is you're feeling and you just have to feel it. So identify what it is you're feeling, name the emotion, and then feel it in your body. That's it. Take five minutes. Be present with yourself, with exactly what you're feeling. And I would encourage you to write it down. This is really helpful through this process is just to write down what you're feeling and how it feels in your body. You're going to be creating so much awareness around why you're drinking that the desire will start to immediately just diminish. I promise you. And the key part of this is like, we, we don't want to try to make the feelings go away. And this is going to be your natural inclination. You're going to be like, I just want to make this go away. I don't like to feel the stress. I don't like to feel the anxiety or the boredom. I just want to make this go away. But the key thing here um, and the key habit we're trying to change is not dampening our emotions, not avoiding our emotions, not trying to numb out to our emotions. The key thing we're trying to change is we want to feel them. We want to be present with them. We want to acknowledge them. And it may not feel good, and that's okay. You can do this. You can do this for five minutes. You can feel a little bit of stress for five minutes. You will not die, I promise you. Don't do anything to try to change how you feel. This is kind of a radical concept, right? <laughs> Just feeling your feelings. It seems so simple, and it is simple. It's not easy. It's, it's uncomfortable. But the more you do it, the better you get at it and the more comfortable it becomes. In order to change that thought, feeling, action habit that you're in and, and changing the desire that you're feeling, you've got to get good at feeling stuff. You just got to get good at feeling what you're feeling and not giving into it. And here's something that's kind of interesting. This is not just true for negative emotions. So we talk about stress and fear and anxiety and anger and all this stuff, right? But sometimes you might be feeling uh, a lot of joy or happiness or excitement. And those emotions can be very strong and feel very uncomfortable for a lot of people because we're not, we're not used to feeling those things. So they feel weird to us, right? <laughs> happiness can feel very uncomfortable for us because it's not our norm. 
So we often feel like, oh, I just want to drink because, you know, I'm feeling a little too good. I want to like dampen that emotion. You don't even know you're doing this. I promise you. You think you're just drinking to celebrate or have fun. And a lot of times we're, we're drinking to just feel comfortable. We're not wired as humans to seek happiness. We're wired to seek comfort. We're not wired to experience our emotions. We're wired to, you know, numb out and, and try to avoid our emotions. This is not something we're used to doing at all. Just sitting with our feelings and feeling them good, bad, whatever we want to, whatever you, however you want to label them. And these are just labels, right? There's no good or bad emotion. They're all just emotions. And as humans, it's cool. We get to experience all the emotions, right? So, we got to feel what we're feeling. We just have to be present with that. We have to create the awareness, that internal, that self-awareness. It's so key, right? And in order to make any kind of change, it's not enough to just know this or think about it. You have to take action. And I know a lot of you that are listening to this right now will never do this. You will never take the time to just sit with your feelings and write them down. And that's okay. That's fine. But the solution to lessening your desire for alcohol or food or whatever your strong desire is, the solution is to get good at experiencing your feelings. Now, I've been practicing this for a long time, and I've changed a lot of habits. I've changed a lot of bad habits. I've replaced those habits with new ones, with, with habits that help me to grow and help me to evolve and help me to become more of who I want to be. And these new habits, these are now in alignment with that future version of myself that I'm always working towards. I'm not superhuman. There's nothing really special about me. I'm just willing to feel my emotions, all of them. And you can get good at this too. When you do, you can become an emotional badass. I love this little phrase, the becoming an emotional badass. I think this is something we can all strive for. And I was talking to a client recently who uh, she and I were talking about this exact topic about, you know, just sitting with your feelings and feeling them instead of trying to eat over them or instead of trying to drink over them. And she said that she was going over this with her 12 year old daughter. She was explaining how to do this with her daughter and explaining her that it was okay for her to not feel good and to just feel her feelings. And that was okay. And I was like, whoa, what a radical concept that must be for kids, especially like to be taught this at an early age. I'm really hoping that this kind of stuff catches on <laughs> with kids and that we can learn how to do this early on in our life and we can get good at it and we can become emotional badasses at an early age and the rest of our lives can be, it's not going to be without struggles or challenges, but I think we can just be so much better and, and engage in less of the kind of behavior that, that we don't want to be engaged in, you know, like drinking too much or, or eating over our feelings, you know? So I think this is cool stuff that we can teach our kids, you know? So I want to encourage you, even though you might think it's weird, even though you may probably not want to do it, I want to encourage you to do this work, to take action, because it's only by taking action that you're going to make any kind of change, okay? I want to encourage you to stop giving in to every desire that you have. You know, I want you to stop giving in to seeking comfort and safety all the time and seeking more of the known. I want you to seek 
discomfort. I want you to seek, you know, the unknown. I want you to do the harder thing, which is to just feel whatever it is that's coming up for you without doing anything to make it go away. And then over time, as you get good at this, a lot of times the, the desire, once you understand and you've demystified desire and you understand what's really going on inside you, you can begin to change this so easily and so quickly and it'll become a habit for you. It'll become an unconscious automatic habit for you where you um, have a, you know, you experience a desire for something and it's just sort of like you can instantly just kind of make it change and make it go away and lessen it and then you don't need it anymore. And you can actually, over time, you can learn how to change your thoughts and feelings. But the first step is you have to create the awareness that your thoughts are causing your feelings. Your, your thoughts are causing your desire. It's not the alcohol that's causing your desire. The alcohol sitting over there is not causing you to feel this way. It's your thoughts about it that are causing you to feel this way. And over time, you can learn how to change those thoughts. And when you get good at this, you can go anywhere. You can be around people who are drinking. You can go hang out at bars with people. You can have alcohol in your house and not desire it at all. And that's what I want for you. I want you to be able to just live your life and, and hang out with people who are drinking and not be you know, having to white knuckle it through all of that. I want you to experience the freedom that comes with understanding desire and, and eliminating that desire for things that aren't serving you. All right, so I hope you got something out of this episode today. If you did, please consider sharing it with a friend. Come join us over in the Facebook group for our Dry July Challenge. We're gonna be talking more about this kind of stuff all month long. Love you all. Keep on running lean, and I'll talk to you soon. If you're a runner and you've been struggling to lose weight or you keep losing and gaining the same 10 pounds over and over again, or you're finally ready to get to your natural weight and stay there for good this time, then I have something you will love. I've created a powerful new training just for you called Running Lean for Life. You'll learn exactly how to transform yourself into a lean, fat-burning running machine so you can run without bonking, lose weight without calorie counting, and develop the habits required to make it last for life. To get this free training right now, go to runningleanpodcast.com forward slash lean for life and start your transformation today.